Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. If you remember yesterday's show, we were talking about uh, us being worried about falling asleep on the train because yeah. we went to an awards ceremony, we didn't win anything, and then ended up getting late trains home. Um, I was kind of quite forlorn because my train took a lot longer to turn up than yours. I think you were almost home by the time I finally got on my train. Um, I, I think uh, I got home... 20 minutes after your train left Liverpool Street. It still hurts even now. Sorry. Even days after, it still hurts. <laughs> the only thing that turned it around for me a little bit, I was st- sat there just kind of... You know when you just sit and tap your knees, tap out a little drum beat, just looking down at my feet, and I looked along, and I noticed this incredibly polished brogues of someone sat on the seats opposite me, mm-hmm. looked up his legs, mm-hmm. looked to him, and thought, oh, my God, I recognise that face. It was Tony Cotty. <laughs> Well, I never. It was me, Tony Cotty, and Tony Cotty's missus sat on the train uh, going back to Essex last night, and I was like, wow, he's like obviously an Everton and West Ham legend. I was going to say, yes, I, I think West Ham, but yeah, Everton as well. Did, yes. you, did you say anything, or did you do the Britishness of just let them get on with it? I let him just let him get on with it. Do you know mm. what I mean? I thought Tony's had a great night out. Obviously, we'd had a run in with Drake a bit earlier on. Yes. I thought, I'm done with celebrities now. I tell you what, and you'll hear on the podcast you're about to hear, but I, I tell you what, I bet Tony Cotty walks on pavements. This will make sense. Listen to the show. Uh, now, we return to Empty Handed uh, from yesterday's awards ceremony that we were telling you about. That's not a new experience no. uh, for, <laughs> for Bush and I no. to come back from an awards uh, Empty Handed. But what was a different experience for us was to spot the rapper Drake on our way there yesterday. That was pretty crazy. It wasn't quite a mundane taxi journey. Next thing you know, up pops Drake. Yeah, well, well when you say up pops Drake, you couldn't not miss him because he was walking right down the middle of the road and I have to be quite honest with you I was quite annoyed by that yeah it was as we couldn't get past the, the it like was blocking the road and I almost had that my dad star voice in my head it was almost saying look at this bunch of herberts <laughs> blocking walking down the center of the road there's pavements he's walking down the middle of the road with his with his crew and uh, the taxi drivers having to just stop to it to not run them all over uh-huh. uh, and they pass by and then we can go on again and I'm sat there thinking I know he's massive uh, but I don't care who he is. It's pavements either side. Well, there's there's um, there's like Green Cross Code. Drake <laughs> clearly hasn't no, he skim hasn't. read the cr- uh, Green Cross Code when he was on the plane. <laughs> He's not familiar with the work of the Green Cross Code man. Have you ever been mildly put out by a celebrity? There's the wording. It is important. Mildly put out. All right. It, we were annoyed. It's yeah. not a massive no, it's thing. Fine. It's fine. Across us, we, we don't want to. We're not, this is not a beef with Drake. We don't <laughs> want to get into it. It's all right? not going to stop. Do you know what? I mean, I almost said to him, "Don't make me call you on your cell phone." <laughs> Sunshine. See what you've done. Other weird thing in there as well, right? Our, our, our taxi driver, because we put up in a bit of traffic, then was texting, I think, his wife mm-hmm. just after the incident and said that he'd got a hand wave from Drake. I was like, who calls it a hand wave? What else can you wave with if not a hand? It's just, it's implied that it's with a hand. What's going on? The night got weirder and weirder, didn't it? It did. Uh, Robin says, I was due to interview Chesney Hawks. Unfortunately, the interview got cancelled. Oh. Mildly put out by Chesney Hawks. Uh, have you ever been to the Guinness Storehouse or heard of the Guinness Storehouse? Dublin. Dublin. Famous, yeah. Amazing thing. I, I, we, we did a, a show over there about two or three years ago with Absolute Radio and I was really looking forward to it. One of the best things about it is that you get to go and pour a pint of Guinness. Mm-hmm. Like 
like the main, they've got like a main Guinness guy who shows mm-hmm. you how to do it. And I was about to do it, was waiting in the wings, about to step forward and go and do it. And they ushered me out the left-hand side door and said, I'm sorry, Mr Bush, you're not going to be able to do it because Hank from Breaking Bad has arrived <laughs> and he's going to pour the pint. <laughs> so even though I love that programme and you've just got into it recently, you just finished it. I love it and I love Hank. Hank's great. character. I don't like Frank, Hank, oh, or his brother Frank because I didn't get to pour a Guinness. Andy says, it's, it's another one, not using the pavements. Dr Carl Kennedy from Neighbours who was in Aberdeen on Panto at the time. What is wrong with these people? I don't know. Just because you're a celebrity, pavements are there. Oh, and also, we're just thinking of their safety. We are. Oh, we want Drake to carry on making records. We love Carl Kennedy. Exactly. Sarah says, I once held a door open for Philip Schofield at WH Smith's in Henley and he didn't even acknowledge me. <laughs> uh, Michelle, who was the celebrity that mildly put you out? Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Dying to find out what's going on here. How did you... How were you inconvenienced by Michael Bolton? <laughs> Um, I was flying from London back to Malaga and no one could get on the plane until him and all his band and entourage had um, boarded the plane. He swung through security before everyone else. We were all late getting on the plane and then um, I was a bit annoyed, a bit put out. And then when we landed in Malaga, um, tables were turned because he had to queue in the non-EU passport and we all just walked straight past him. Damn. <laughs> Enjoyed it while we could. Can I just ask, yeah. what does the Malagese, and uh, I, I think that is the, the term for it. I won't question it. Uh, what does the humidity of Malaga do to Michael Bolton's hair? Oh, imagine that. Um, it was, he had short hair. Did he? A couple of years ago. Yes, yeah. he lost all of his physical strength, didn't he? Because they cut his hair short. <laughs> yeah, that's why he had the board first. Brilliant. So, you, you, in your story, then, basically, what happened is you you kind of had one up on uh, Bolty at the end because he had to wait in the queue. He did. Yeah, he did. Lovely. Thank you, Come Michelle. On. Thanks for sharing it with us. <laughs> no worries. Edward says my father went to Paris to propose to my mum on the same even, same evening that Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space, was beginning a European tour. Paris was rammed, and my father was dreadfully late for his date and found it most irksome. <laughs> Uh, I was put out by Sally from Coronation Street when she was in the checkout in front of me in our local supermarket. <laughs> she left her basket on the conveyor belt and I had to move it. That's the story. That's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it is annoying when people don't deal with their own baskets. The new song from the vaccines, A Lone Star, and they are going to be one of our house bands for our 24-hour jukebox. Oh, we're so excited about it. It's going to be brilliant in support of the amazing Teenage Cancer Trust as well and try and raise as much as we possibly can. Uh, it's going to be a manic day of radio drama. Uh, lots to organise still between then and now. It's coming up pretty quick as well. We've got like bands and guests planned and stuff like that as well. As you, as Richard just said, the vaccine's playing a session for us, which is going to be brilliant. But what, you know, situations that can arise from that in terms of the complexity of the day. Imagine just in the lead singer of the vaccine's it wants a Diet Coke. Yep. He's upstairs, you're downstairs. It's going to be like that TV show Below Deck. Yep. How do I tell you, Richie, are you able to get Justin from Vaccines uh, a Diet Coke without me, you know, without uh, the drop of a hat instantly? And you're going to need to be manning the bridge and all that kind of stuff. It's a bit, ironically, we're communicating for 24 hours, but it is a communication problem. It is a communication problem. That's why I was wondering whether we do need to get walkie talkies. <laughs> I'm always hugely jealous and envious of anyone who has a walkie talkie as part of their day to day job. Even if you just see, like, uh, people who work in shops, like security guards, and they've got that little crackle of other people talking on... You know when a, a, a suspected shoplifter's moving into someone's area mm-hmm. in, in a shopping centre? I love that a head warning they give them. 
with a description of who the person is. I'd love to have a walkie-talkie. You're watching the bill, and like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're in their car, and they're, they're, they're hearing other reports, but it's not them. And then suddenly something comes over the radio for them, and off they go, the blues and twos go on. Just sitting there eating donuts yeah. and that, turning the dial up on your, on your walkie-talkie so you can hear the chatter. Unfortunately, you're quite right. DJs, we, d- we don't really... No. It's, it's not a thing. It is not a thing, and it's a real shame, because I think anyone who grew up with Smokey and the Bandit or Convoy, you know, have got that kind of rubber-ducky thing... You know, the chatter. It's a good job, this, but I'd love for us to have walkie-talkies. We'd love to have... I'm just going to put it out there. We'd love to have walkie-talkies. If you have got walkie-talkies as part of your job, whatever it is, A, get in touch, 8-12-15, and if you've got the time, send us a tweet with the photo of your walkie-talkie. We'd like to have a look at it. <laughs> at Absolute Radio. We'll just leave that there. Uh, David has tweeted us a picture. Bush, have a look at this. He's obviously working for Tesco, our very good friends. Um, uh, look at the picture. He said he's got a walkie-talkie. The happiness on his face That's with amazing. his walkie-talkie. He's in, he's in communication instantly with all of his friends. I'd love that. They must happiness. have great fun on there. Gary says, uh, look at this. I have a pair that sit inside my cycle helmet for when me and my mate go cycling. They're pretty cool. Whoa. I'm chatting whilst they're cycling around. Uh, Kevin's hanging on. Where are you using your walkie-talkies then, Kevin? Um, I work for the major movie companies and I do standing. So if you have um, one of the main stars, they come down, they do their bits and pieces, and then um, then I do the standing to, to lining up for the cameraman and uh, all the lighting. Wow, so t- what do you mean by standing? Is in stand in the set so that they can film it correctly and know where you're going to be? You're basically, when they're, when, they're, when they're doing all the prep work, the main stars are in their um, little trailers eating and drinking, and we stand there, <laughs> and they'll line up all the, uh, all the lighting and the cameras on us. And then at the last minute, they'll call um, the main star in. The last guy I worked um, as was for Dominic West on SAS Road Heroes. Wow. Amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah. And um, obviously, but you've, so you've got your earpiece in, and then you're being called by the directors in and out all the time. So you have to be there basically at a drop of a hat, which is why we need the walkie-talkies. So, Kevin, does that mean that Dominic West will get sort of like someone going, uh, Mr West, you can now come down to set now, and then they'll go, Kevin, do one? <laughs> yeah, Kev, you go and sit in the corner. Um, <laughs> get, 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 have yourself a cup of tea, but make sure it's lukewarm because you might not have time to drink it. That is unbelievable. One final question before we let you go. Uh, when you yeah. have your walkie-talkie, do you wear it on your hip? I was thinking, if I get one, where am I going to wear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have them on the, um, a little belt thing, and then we have an earpiece that goes to them, so that you can you don't actually wow. have to lift oh. it off. You can actually talk into the he- the headpiece bit. Great, that sounds fantastic. Well, this has just whetted our appetite even more. Good to speak to you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, cheers, please. Pleasure to help. Uh, very good point made by Anthony, uh, who describes himself as a smart home installer. Okay. Uh, he says, "I know you're after walkie-talkies, but if you wear the Apple Watch, they have a walkie-talkie function on their watches. Uses it all day to speak to his wife." So, well. This is interesting because we, we are at the opposite ends of the tech spectrum with our watches. My watch is self-winding. <laughs> so every time I flip my wrist around, um, the watch winds itself up, so I never run out of charge. Uh, you are I right do, banging in there with tech. I do have the tech watch, and he's right. It does have an app on there that they call the walkie-talkie app. It's not it's not a walkie-talkie, but you can like press it and talk to somebody else in the house with... Uh, the same watch. So I, I would do that at home. It's quite clever. You don't have to go upstairs and talk then. Cup of tea, please, Natalie. Over. Uh, could you Can you speak to Natalie now on it, your, your wife? No, she's not in the same room. How does the watch know if you're in the same room, though? I would assume it's something to do with, like, the Wi-Fi network it's on. I think it's a lot safer to have a good old-fashioned walkie-talkie on your hip. Do you know what I mean? Is that a bit easier? I, I could try it now, but I don't think it's going to Oh, that'd work. be so good. Just <laughs> see if you can say something to Natalie and, and see if she replies. OK. Um... <laughs> 
<clears throat> Again, this is the content that people come to this show for. Uh, can you um, <laughs> stick the chicken parmesan on now, please? Over. Okay. <laughs> what do we do? Do we just wait or...? Normally get a quicker response than this, so I don't think it works. Okay, we'll come back to it. I can't believe we are DJing 80s versus 90s live on the main stage of the Isle of Wight Festival this Friday at half four. It's kind of crept up, hasn't it? It really has. <laughs> Amongst all the other stuff that we're doing. So if you're there at the Isle of Wight Festival, you've got tickets, keep an eye out for us. If you haven't got tickets, well, we can help you with that. She's got a ticket to ride. He's got a ticket to ride. They've got a ticket to ride. We'll get you there. Now look, seven ferries have left already. There are two left to depart. That's nine ferries in total because there are nine playlists that this home time show is on. It's the Absolute Radio 70s ferry to leave today. You're about to hear some music playing. No doubt the captain will fire his horn. Lyrics will be covered up. What was underneath? Have a listen. I'm in the bumble that's the one across the hall. What a menacing end to that. He, wow. he didn't just stop the song, the captain, he ruined it. <laughs> he, he pulled his horn and then he yanked the plug, didn't he? That is, uh, I've never seen anyone do that to Blondie before. <laughs> Let's have a listen to it again. I'm in the bumble, did the one across the hall. If you don't answer... These are hanging. Listen to the tail end of that, it's absolutely haunting, isn't it? <laughs> what were those lyrics? That's what we asked you. And the person who thinks he knows is Mark. How are you, Mark? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Richie. It's good to have you on board, Mark. Uh, just on a curious note from myself and Richie's perspective, what are you having for tea this evening? I'm actually just cooking a lasagna. Oh! Can I ask how many layers, sir? Uh, only, only the three. Nothing wrong with that. I'd say that's a pretty good standard one. Can you do more than... Have you ever done more than three layers on a lasagna? Four once. <laughs> if you've done more than... This is, this is a phone-in <laughs> for another time. If you've done more than four layers on a lasagna, my God, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Right, Mark. <laughs> uh, what were the lyrics that the uh, captain's horn covered up? I'll just ring it off the wall. Let's have a listen. I'm in the bumble, did the one across the hall. If you don't answer, I'll just ring it off the wall. There we go. Yes. Congratulations, Marky Boy. You've got those absolute Radio 70s tickets. You've got the weekend camping passes to the Isle of Wight Festival. Fantastic. Thank you very much. It's the very first thing I've ever won. Oh, good lad. Well, listen, keep an eye out for us Friday night, main stage with DJing, 80s versus 90s at half four. We'll see you there. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll do. Asking you, what is the most layers you've ever done in a lasagna? Richie reckons you've done a, a four-layer once. Once upon a time, the, the problem is the cheese, uh, the, the, the final cheese sauce yeah. is sometimes a little bit... Um, there's not much left to spread out on that final layer. It's like a, a, a lasagna plimsoll line. Yeah. Uh, Gavin says, listen to this. I did a seven-layer lasagna for a dinner party what? and alternated the homemade lasagna sheets between plain, green from spinach and flecked with chilli. It was immense. I am going to try and replicate that. That is number seven. That's madness. You can't do seven. <laughs> Just think, but to go with every layer, you would have to be making up extra bolognese and also the cheese sauce as well. So you've really, really, really got to layer that up very carefully. I feel it's incumbent on me, and this is what the home time listeners would want, is to hear you say bolognese one more time. I don't think so. Because <laughs> it was a little bit unruly. I've got a question for you about Tony Cotty. Uh-huh. Um, is he 
as tall as you think he is going to be, taller than you think he's going to be, or shorter than you think he's going to be? I, I would say Tony Cotty looked shorter than I expected, but he still looked quite hard. I wouldn't mess with him. And uh, he looked very young. He, di- he didn't look that different to what he used to look like back in the day when he was on our telly. Tony Cotty, to me, always as a footballer, had that sort of um, Peter Pan colour. No, not, not Peter Pan. Who is it who never Peter ages? Peter <laughs> Who never That's... ages? I think that is Peter Pan. Yeah, he's the Peter Pan of football. He's yeah. the Peter Pan of football. Yeah. He still looks the same. He's still got that. Um, even to this day, he appears to be using a twenty-four hour garage wet look gel in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's always had it. 